Smartcast. With the Baker's Plus Card, it's easy to get lower than low prices for the win. Earn fuel points on every purchase and save up to a dollar a gallon at the pump. The Baker's Plus Card. All you do is win. Big, big savings. Sign up now at bakersplus.com and start saving. Bakers, fresh for everyone. Savings may vary by state. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your favorites with the buy five or more, save a dollar each sale. Simply buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with your card. Bakers, fresh for everyone. Hello, and welcome to the Social Psychic Radio Show, featuring Jason Zook. In uncertain times, we must change our focus and priorities. This show will highlight social justice issues with the goal of expanding minds and increasing unity, love, and mutual respect for ourselves and our planet. We support the Black Lives Matter movement. Our show aspires to promote social spirituality, which simply means that by coming together, we can solve any of our problems, including the goal of bringing an end to all forms of hate, discrimination, bias, or oppression. We must protect our environment, reform our criminal justice system, and protect every citizen from police brutality. When we come together, it becomes possible to bridge the gaps that plague our society and divide us from within. We the people means everyone. Hello and welcome to the Social Psychic Radio Show. This is Jason Zook. It's a great pleasure I have the opportunity of introducing special guest, Beate Chalette. Beate is the growth architect and founder of the Women's Cope. A first-generation immigrant who found herself $135,000 in debt as a single parent, Beate bootstrapped her passion for photography into a highly successful global business and eventually sold it to Bill Gates in a multi-million dollar deal. She's among the top 100 global thought leaders by People Hum and one of the 50 must-follow women entrepreneurs by HuffPost. As a strategic advisor to organizations from startups the Fortune 100 global brands, Beata helps organizations to grow through her five-star successful success blueprint methodology. Clients call her for leadership and professional development, team building, executive coaching, and workplace unification. Recent clients have included Chevron, Merck, the Women's Legislative Caucus of California, and Cal State University, to name a few. She is the, our guest is the author of the number one international award-winning Amazon bestseller, Happy Women, Happy World, How to Go from Overwhelmed to Awesome, a book that corporate trainer and best-selling author Brian Tracy calls a handbook for every woman who wants health, success, and a fulfilling career. It's a great pleasure that I welcome our special guest to the show. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Jason. I can't wait. This is the first time I have been on an interview with a psychic lawyer. I can't really? wait. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's, this is my first time on an interview with someone that has an amazing story to share. I have a lot of people come on that have unique stories, but I feel like yours is amazing. And I look at, I look at your information and one of the things I have to ask you about is you're an eight-time disaster survivor. Can you share that with our audience exactly what that means? Yeah, so a disaster, you know, like we always talk about how 
adversity oftentimes is a defining moment in someone's life because it's a stop sign at the road that says, not this way. Well, God, the universe spirit had uh, planted that stop sign in front of me multiple times. And so the disasters that I talk about are fires, floods, riots, earthquakes, a tsunami, September 11th, and a lawsuit. So this is, you know, in anyone's book, when you have like one of these, you go, yeah, that was, that was a rough time, you know, gee, you know, I wonder. But for me, the hits just kept coming and coming and coming until I finally got to the point, you know, there's a great quote from Marian Williamson. She says, something happens, we fall on our knees, we go, dear God, dear God, please help us, help us. And then, you know, and it gets better, we get back up and boop, there's the next big hit. And she says, and eventually just stay on your knees. And so <laughs> I felt that that really was a lot of what my life was about as I was going through this decade of just bad luck and just one big hit after the other. I have to share to ask this because you brought up an interesting point at the beginning of our talk before we started recording. I'd like you to share with our audience what your name means in Latin, please. <laughs> so my name uh, comes from the original uh, Latin name Beatus. So if you've ever gone to Rome, if you've ever been to the Vatican, to St. Peter's, and you look up in the Basilica, you see up there, it says Beatus, and it means the bringer of gladness, the God sent. And I always say jokingly, that my parents clearly had high hopes for me. And I believe you've met those hopes and exceeded them. <laughs> <laughs> Fingers crossed. What do you find from those disasters that you lived through? Obviously, you're a survivor. You're strong. What if, if our audience is listening to us right now and, you want, and I wanted to have you share from your own personal point of view, what was the most striking aspect of going through all those I would call them challenges, setbacks, challenges, but life-changing, altering experiences. What was its greatest effect on you personally and individually that you don't really share with people on a daily basis, but you know within yourself, you've evolved because of going through all that, survived. I, I like that. I like that that hook, Jason. Um, I think that there's a point when you go through so much adversity and so much negativity where you go, why me? Why what did I ever do to deserve that the hits just kept on coming? My childhood wasn't particularly very great. You know, I had a crazy mother. And, um, you know, and so you, you, you go through this and at one point you go like, what did I ever do that I deserve to be constantly hit with a bat over the head? And these were not little hits. I mean, mm. in the tsunami, I lost my key vendor and there were only... You know, there were two photographers that vanished and one of them was mine. I mean, what are the chances of that, that this Asian tsunami, that this is my key guy? And so at one point, I think what you learn, Jason, is surrender and worrying about things only for a limited amount of time. Because if I were to sit down and really think about what had happened and dwell in that, I would have never gotten back up. So you you really limit your exposure to your pity party. And at one point you're going to go and say, okay, so am I going to have my life be determined by a bunch of failures? Or am I going to turn it up? And so for me, this was all about making the decision. I wasn't going to drown in a puddle. 
if I'm going to drown, it's going to be an ocean. It's going to be a tsunami or it's going to be something massive that's going to require you to drown. Yeah. At least have, it's worth it. Yeah. Make it, make it worth it. A hundred percent. Live your passion. Those are the words I get off you when I look at your energy. Live your passion. I feel like you live your passion to the hundred percent. That's hundred percent. hundred percent. You know, and, and so when people, you know, I said, I said this to my daughter, my daughter is 28. And she said, I said to her, you know, we got to talk about some things, you know, Finney and she's about to get married. And um, so I said, well, we need to talk about these things. I said, is there something you're not telling me? I said, no, I said, but honestly, I said, I just want you to always know one thing that I live and have lived such a rich and fabulous life. I mean, I've had it, I have so many things happen and I'm here and I'm, I'm, I'm having a great time and I'm optimistic and I can't wait what's coming ne- next. I said, but don't you ever for one moment think that, that I didn't love this life to the fullest, even with everything that it came with. I said, so I want you to throw me a party and please do not put one of those old lady photos up. Make sure <laughs> it's one when I'm looking my very best. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Has your relationships with those most important in your life improved after going through all these uh, disasters? I mean, has it changed how you view life and your relationship and your time and time spent? And Yeah, but not the way you think it does. Because I think what happens a lot of time is that when, and especially, you know, this is for your listeners who are experiencing adversity right now. And a lot of people are experiencing it right now. I think that when you're in the dumpster, a lot of people are okay with where you are at because that's where they are at. And so if you are in the dumpster and they're in the dumpster, we all in the dumpster together and everything is hunky-dory. But when you climb out of the dumpster, something changes because they are not out of the dumpster. They're still in the dumpster, but you decided to climb out of it. So suddenly you're too good. Suddenly there's a gap between you and them, but you didn't do anything. You just, you just took charge of your life. And so what I've learned is that my relationships completely changed and that I learned that a lot of people are not meant to go the entire path with you, that a lot of people in your life are there for the level or, or, or the, I don't know what's a better word to say it for where you are at, at this time. Yeah. The minute you change that, the minute you change that, people go, oh, I don't like her anymore. She's, th- she's, what, what did my daughter say? The word is like, uh, douche, douchey. <laughs> yeah. It's like, she says, yeah, you know, some people think you douchey and that you're too good. And I'm like, well, that's on them. People feel threatened with that, which they don't understand. And, and they also get worried if someone's has happiness in their life or has certain successes that, you know, they, they look inside themselves and project the negativity. And that's something that's bad that, you know, you, you can't internalize it. But I also think that people who do that have to really reevaluate what they're doing because they're staying in the dumpster. They're not elevating themselves at all. And they're and not it's, doing the service of themselves. And to your point, I think it's much easier to, to go home and to turn on the TV and to watch a little bit of news and get confirmation how bad the world really is. And then to watch a couple of crime shows or to watch some, some other stuff and then go to bed and go, that's a really tough place. I wonder why I'm not getting ahead. And so for, 
for this change to take place of taking control of your life. And I think this is what this, this massive adversity really was, is I believe, and I don't know if you've experienced this, Jason, but I believe that those of us that are here for a reason that understand that they're here for a purpose yes. that, that sometimes spirit takes us through a pretty rough crash course <laughs> to tell us where things are. Uh, and I call this being activated. And so you have two choices. You either can say I've been activated, meaning I'm, I'm just going to cry and I'm going to fall into depression and I'm going to eat and drink and blame everything else. <laughs> or I'm going to go, I'm going to say, I'm activated. I'm going to make this happen. And if it's the last thing I'm going to do. And that's a beautiful example. Overcoming eight disasters within 10 years. Some people could give up and lay on the bed or the couch and suffer from just that. Or yep. you can take that and sharpen your knife, sharpen your, sharpen your acuity and, and overcome. And obviously I, we're sitting here because you overcame. And well, I guess- and- Within that, Jason, is that audacity, right? You have, a, have, you have to have a little bit of audacity. Oh, yeah. The venture out of that comfort zone of the dumpster. <laughs> 100%. That sounds like that could be like a, uh, a, a show. show, right? The yeah. dumpster, living in the dumpster and then getting out of the dumpster. That sounds so good. It's, it, I like the analogy of the way you describe it. I am um, a fascinating part of your bio is that you had not only have you done all the other things you've done, but you are also an entrepreneur. And I wanted to ask you about your dealings with Bill Gates. And if you could describe that chapter of your life and how it's built upon everything else to put you where you are now. Yes. So imagine I'm going through this decade of bad luck. I'm in the dumpster. And I realized that at this point, I, I got to do something. So I fly to Europe, to Germany, where my dad is. And within 24 hours after I arrived, my dad has a stroke. But my dad didn't have a stroke. My dad had pancreatic cancer. So my dad dies within six weeks after I'm there. That's not even in the disaster. That's 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 the ninth and the other disasters. Like That was sort of the crowning personal tool of it all. Personal yes. disaster. Yeah, personal disaster. And so... I'm flying back and forth on money I don't have because I'm flat broke and because I'm wiped out by, you know, the lawsuits and by, you know, by, by, by everything that's happened to me. And as I'm standing at the grave and I want you to just visualize this for a moment. So we are in nether Bavaria and there's this, this, this big, this this beautiful valley, you know, it's this little town and there's this Baroque church that's that's like in this yellow that sits on top of this hill that overlooks the whole valley. And we just buried my dad and my phone rings and it's my office in Los Angeles telling me that they just got a notice. So we're losing the house that I lived in. I didn't own the house, but you know, it was the new landlord. He wanted to get me out. So he waited until I was gone. He served my 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 people and threatened them and they got funk. I mean, it was just gnarly. And so at that point, I fell on my knees and I raised my fist against heaven and I yelled at God. And I said, if you have a plan, this would be a really excellent time <laughs> to fill me in. 
because it just at this point it just didn't make any more sense. It's like like this was the okay, what the else is going to happen? And I surrendered. I had my bankruptcy attorney in my phone. And then I come back to Los Angeles and not too long later I get a letter from the White House. Now, I had written a letter in my absolute desperation to the president of the United States because my former mother-in-law just wouldn't shut up about it. And she kept saying, he's your president. You got to write the president. If the president can help you, then who can help you? So finally, I wrote the letter to the president of the United States just so she would be. Which president are we talking about? George W. Bush. Okay. Okay, cool. And so I get a letter from the White House and it says the president is delighted to hear from you. <laughs> sure, I'm sure he was. Wow. <laughs> of course, he's never read the letter, but it put me in touch with a small business administration. And I had written a business plan at night and on the weekends. So when the call came, I was ready and I'm walking into the SBA to the deputy chief director because I come with a letter from the White House. I'm not with some low, lowly guy. I'm with the top guy. Three months later, he found me a bank that was going to restructure my debt, now $135,000 in a fixed 10-year loan. Wow. That, that freed up my line of credit. That brought me to break even in three months. This is how close it was. It was three months of either going under or being at break even. Three months. That's all it was. 18 months later, I'm the world leader in celebrity at home stories and architectural interior photography, selling it to 79 countries in the world. Now the Bill Gates company comes and they're knocking on the door and they said, tell us how you do it. And like any decent woman, Jason, I said, you want to have what this is, you need to pay for it. And so they made me a multimillion dollar offer. And one that you can't refuse. No. <laughs> I love it. And that's how I sold my business to Bill Gates. I'm, I'm sitting here hearing this. And, and what I get from you is that you have strong manifestation abilities. I'm and working you, on some more manifestation I, I, right now because I got to. Yeah, yeah. you're energy showing me that. You manifest really well and you create things in your life and make things happen. And you have strong influence on people because of what you can do with your creative abilities and your focus of that to be able to see beyond the, the pale, see the things that others don't see so right away. You're able to sketch out or con conceptualize. And I see that being your strong gift, but you also have the strong gift of intuition, which is having the passion to, to, to make things occur through manifestation. I really feel that very strongly because I can manifest at different times. And when I do it, I, I, I kind of like, what? How does this happen? Like, I'll give you the most basic example for me the last few weeks. I went to Target and I spent an extra hundred bucks and I was like, man, it'd be cool if I could pick up two readings to make a hundred dollars. You know, just in my head, just a, a random thought as I'm driving, took me home 15 minutes to get to my house. I had well, uh, two people call me together. They all, they, they gave me that hundred dollars <laughs> and I was like, all right, there's a good example, but I use it in larger examples. Like I use vision boards and manifestation candles and I, I find it's very peaceful when you can, you can manifest things and have the patience to let them happen on their own and surrender, like you said, where you surrender to the universe, but you don't let it happen on its own. I shouldn't say that. You, you, you manifest it in a way where you're able to conceptualize it, but then it comes into reality. And like your letter to the White House, and then you're set up with the SBA with then the, like it's ba-boom, 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 right? 
And that's that that's because the universe has a divine plan for you. You're here to help a lot of people. You're here to inspire a lot of people. And your work is for that reason. You need the resources to create the engine to put out the gifts of that. You're specific. hired. You're hired. Yeah, no, I'm just a- I read your energy for a minute because I was like, you know what? You're inspiring. Like you're so inspiring. Like, and, and I know I should probably come up with a better word, but I'm just stating truth right now. And what I like, and I mean, we haven't even gotten through that many questions, but I have to ask you from your perspective and the things that happen that you just described and people probably like, well, come on, that really happened like that. How do you address people that kind of probably have some skepticism? I believe everything you're saying, cause I know it's true and it happens to me and I know how manifestation works or how good things come to fruition as well as doing a lot of setbacks, you know, like having cancer and survive different things like that. I've been doing, but I'll say this to you with everything that you've been through good and bad, what advice would you give somebody who's just gone through the pandemic, lost their job, lost a family member, sitting through depression? What would you say to that person based on your personal experiences? I think that there's a couple of things. So number one, what I learned and what I think the biggest lesson is that I learned, Jason, is that if you have a big job to do, this is part of your activation process and you just can't judge it, number one. I think, so, so that's the biggest mistake a lot of people make, that they that they can't take the hit. They They think it's a knockout, but I don't back off, I double down. So, so I think that's really the, are you going to back off or are you going to double down? Because at the end of the day, I think what, what the, the deciding question is that I want, that I would ask this person is that, are you allowing that story to be written for you? Or are you going to write that story? Because the way the story ends, that's on you. And so that to me was the, deciding factor where I said, I have no control of a a tsunami September 11th. I mean, Osama bin Laden destroyed my business. He took a half a million dollars from me in 24 hours. He himself did that. That's crazy when you think about this. So, but then what am I going to do? Am I going to say, and I think a lot of people do that. You know, I also had the mean mom Am I going to like run through the rest of my life and say, dad wasn't home, mom was mean to me, and therefore nothing ever became of me? I mean, how long do I want to tell that story? And so there was this moment where I realized very early in my career, before all of this happened, is that I was at an event and I was listening to a speaker. And I, to this day, know the story she told. And I remember I'm sitting there and I'm thinking to myself, one day I will be up on stage and I'll be telling the story, but I have to have a story to tell. Well, do I have a story to tell? <laughs> you do. It's an anthology. <laughs> so the so back to what would I tell somebody who is depressed, has lost their job, has lost a family member? My question is, how do you want the story to end? Are you going to have somebody else write that for you or are you going to start writing that story? That's beyond empowering when you think about that and the significance of it. Yeah. Because you can either lie down, be a victim, that'll be your story, or you could change the trajectory of it and write your own, your own ending, your own yeah. story, your own chapters. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Okay, your and, chapters. Okay. And the second thing is, if somebody's done it before, if somebody recovered out of depression, if one person has found another job, if one person has overcome cancer, then it must be possible. And if it's possible, then it must be possible for you too. I love that. That's great. That's. I was going to say, looking at your, your, your chapters of your book, you have a lot more interesting things coming up for you as well. So Are buckle up. So? Yes. <laughs> I don't even need my magic wand for that. No, 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 no. You're already on the right path. You've made some decisions in the last few months that are going to really set you up really well going into next year and beyond. So just Major enjoy decisions. the ride. And I see very positive things coming from that for you. That's Thank what, you. Chock full of notes. Um, <laughs> what is the five-star success blueprint? So... Very much to what you said is that my gift is really strategy. So I can look at something and as I'm somebody's talking in my head immediately, it's like, it just spits it out. I, I can't help it. Right. It goes like, oh, that's easy. All you have to follow is like one, two, three, four, five. And then people go like, how did you know that? And I said, well, that's, I got the download. That's your intuitive just, ability. <laughs> yeah, that's my intuitive abilities. I spoke to someone today and she said, yeah, I'm writing this insights paper and I'm going after corporate clients and, you know, it's about the great resignation and I'm, and I'm reading her energy very much like you read my energy. And I said, but this doesn't resonate with you at all. And then she goes, it doesn't. I said, then, well, maybe we need to find a hook that resonates with you and tie it back in. She says, oh, we can do that. I said, yes. And so we came up with something that is actually much more aligned with who she is. And then at the end of the call, you know, her eyes are on fire and she can't wait to get off the phone with me because she wants to get started. So the five star success blueprint really is the methodology of how to build a business because I have literally built thousands of businesses and every business owner always thinks it, their business is so unique and they have, and it's, 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 it cannot be possibly compared to any other business. And so the five-star success blueprint just tells you. The first step is, it's the idea. What is the idea? What's unique about the, about the idea? Why are you qualified to talk about the idea and who's going to buy the idea? The second step is the offer. Once you know what it is and why anybody needs it, you need to put an offer together. What is the offer? Are you going to is it a, a course? Is it a brick and mortar? What is it? You know, let's put the order offer together and make sure that somebody wants to buy the offer. The third piece is what is the system in which this is all being delivered? You know, what's the automation? Who are you going after? What are your funnels? How are you going to get the leads in? What are all the business systems that you're building? The fourth step is the team, because once you got the idea, got the offer, got the system, somebody's going to have to do the work. So now you're stepping from a business owner into business leadership and you have to build your team. And step number five then is the leadership component where uh, now you're running the whole thing. How do you elevate yourself as a leader and step much more in a manager role to grow, build and scale the business and, uh, you know, and, and continue to, to move forward. And it's not brain surgery. It's actually really easy um, and it can be done by anyone it's just follow the damn steps you lay it out in such a way that it's kind of like someone describing the dna for the first time to people right you break down the component parts and you look at it and you say 
this, 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 this. And everybody will be like, wow, that makes sense. But for, for us to conceptualize that on our own, it would probably be like an, a cricket's in the room until someone like you enlightens and shares your insight on the processes involved here. Because it's, it's a gift what you're doing. You're breaking down component parts into a simplistic Easy. manner yeah. to let someone digest it easily. Yeah. Easily. And I love it because when the lights come on and when you, when you, because, you know, very much like you, I use my intuition to make sure that what I pick up on is aligned with who I speak to. Because a lot of times I find that, especially in this internet marketing space, it's this like one size fits all. Mm. You got to do it this way. It's the 0.2% open rate, mm-hmm. click through rate. And I'm going like, no, it's really not. I mean, you're going to hire somebody who geeks out on that stuff. But if 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 I were to do that, I, I, I can't. You mm-hmm. know, for me, it's like. Selling short. No, what what is it that you are bringing that only you can bring? And then how do we present that? So when somebody looks at you and you say it, people say, oh, oh, I totally get it. And then how do we make it easy to drive this forward? So I started a mastermind group about a year ago. And I kept telling them, this is so easy that we called it the easy think tank because everything in it, I said, if it's not easy, nobody's going to do it. It has to be it has to be clear to people what they're getting themselves into and how they are moving through it step by step, because that's what makes it easy. It makes it easy that it's, it feels attainable. I need to ask you this. Go ahead. The glass ceiling, do you think it's breakable? Uh, well, for, 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 for one, it's, it's, it's real. Uh, number two, this, the, the sheer stupidity of this shit I have to listen to sometimes is amazing. Um, can it be broken through? Absolutely. But it's going to take it's going to take two things. Number one, it's going to take for women to collaborate with each other on a whole different level and not this lip service thing of women empowerment and me too. Yeah, I get it. But the problem is when we are in that in that category of just focusing on one part, it can never work because automatically it goes by the exclusion of others. So now we can say, you know, justitia, um, of course we have to, you know, balance it out, but the decision makers are all men. So how am I going to break a glass ceiling for women if I have to go to the men and ask them for bagel money? Got to switch it out. You got to, you got to, you got to get women in charge. You got to get women in charge. But how are you going to get women in charge if the education and the training there tells men that they're doing things wrong? If men know one thing how to do, it's to sit things out. Mm. I mean, men, not all men, but many men have mastered waiting things out. Men know how to use time to their advantage. Women do not. So women need to learn how to out-strategize the waiting strategy, right? So I want to bring the strategy piece to the whole equation, which is why I call it workplace unification and not diversity, equity, inclusion, DEI. I call it workplace unification because 
18 months ago, I had a book concept about women in leadership. And then COVID came and I realized who's talking about women in leadership? Nobody. And everybody who says it isn't so lies. Yes, she session. Yes, women have dropped out of the workforce in larger numbers. But at the end of the day, what does this help us? Nothing. Then I look at the men's side and I hear things like, I am the CEO of a company and I can't even say to my staff, everybody's looking good today, let's get to work because that could be construed as sexual harassment. You can't even say, um, if you go out to a special event or a gala, you clean up really nicely. That would, could be construed as, a, as, a, as something. You can't even say, oh my God, these earrings are gorgeous. Because then she says, well, you looked at my ears, you know, he's aroused by my earlobes. Therefore it's, you know, it's the same thing as, 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 I mean. It, I don't it, mean to it, laugh by that. I'm just thinking it, it, in my head that process it, there. It's, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. Or now young women, I, I had a, a Gen Z woman tell me, she says, somebody made me a compliment. What does he mean by that? I mean, that's sad. That's, that's generationally different from us, from older generations, like compliments are compliments, you know, like. But that's where we are. So I thought about how do we, how do we change that? Because I look at solutions and this is the big piece that I'm working on. So I want to first teach women on how to have a code, a women's code, which is the first piece that I've designed. We know men have a code. We know it's unwritten. We know it's a loyalty bro code. code. The bro code kind of thing the, that you're talking about? Like old men's yeah, kind of code? Yes. The old white men's code. Yes. Loyalty, strategy, winning, persuasion. I mean, we've seen a lot of that lately about how do we remain in power? And as if there's infighting anywhere else, even better, because then men don't have to worry about it. So we stop the infighting with women. We have women follow a code. And then we have the men's code. We acknowledge the men's code because strategy winning and competition is good. Mm -hmm. Not all the time, but it's good when the timing is right. On the women's side, empathy, collaboration, community is good in a crisis because that's what brings people together. Who was talking about winning in COVID? Nobody, because that wasn't the agenda. But, you know, community, empathy, everybody talked about that's female. So now that we know that the question is what's better is answered, Jason, with the sentence, it depends on the circumstances. Why not acknowledge both and build this new business code where we now say, think about it as an infinity sign, where a good leader can move from a more female Yes. That's the word. Fluidity. I love that. As you did that, I thought of the infinite. I love that's one of my favorite signs. So yeah. fluidity yeah. is beautiful because then you can give you offer so many other options, strategies, approaches. Paradigm. And then and then imagine, you know, you as a as a lawyer, then what you do is no longer different then what you do as a lawyer is, well, but of course he knows how to do that. So he uses both. He uses his intuition and hard charging, winning and strategy when he has to. And it's no longer, well, 
which one are you? Because you don't have to make a decision anymore. And so that's the big thought leadership piece I've been working on. And I want to do not a TEDx. I want to do a TED talk on it. I love that. I love that. I think it's an amazing idea that you were able to showcase part of that idea and concept here. And thank you for sharing that with our audience. I recognize that. I appreciate that that gift to us. So thank you. I think it's going to be very successful. I think it's going to give you a lot of uh, acclaim, enjoyment, uh, fulfillment, and gratitude in ways that you haven't had in quite some time. And I feel like you're going to, it's going to build to larger things moving forward. I get the word institute. You might actually work with people and train people formally with the ideas you're coming up with, almost like an um, incubator. I don't know what I get that from. That's just the word I get off your energy. So I don't, I had never studied business concepts or anything. So I just said law, but yeah. Well, the, doing- the, the idea is to create this as a, not a franchise, but as a method, as a methodology that can be where I can do Replicate. a train, the, a train, the trainer model that then can go out and train it. Yes. That's, that's how I see you doing. That's what I see you doing. I see you doing a lot of that. So that'd be good. And and I think there might even be a book or so out of that too. I am writing. Uh, I just put the, <laughs> I just put the book concept together, and uh, the pitch, <laughs> the pitch is in front of the morning show. Uh, I see it being successful, so don't be doubtful there. <laughs> it's fun to do that sometimes. I ask you this: How much does mindset play into being successful? I know it's it's tremendous. You need to have the right mindset to be successful. If you don't have the right mindset, you're not gonna you're gonna find things much more awkward and difficult when you're dealing with setbacks. You've got to be able to navigate setbacks and 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 utilize your knowledge and your wisdom to know that it's only turbulence on a plane. It's not gonna shake your world apart. Like I tell people that every day. Don't let things shake you to the point where you think you're gonna be shaken that you can't be back to where you were before because we're weeble on it's shaken we come back and you're the perfect example of that i mean how, could, how many people have been through eight disasters in one personal disaster in a short amount of time and turned into this and now you're empowering like the future status of the uh, of, of, of the workplace female entrepreneurial spirit and the workplace and, and redesigning things and it's empowering millions of souls probably won't doubt it yeah no that's that's what i want to do well mindset is everything I do mindset work every single day, every day. I listen to podcasts. I listen to inspiring stories. I do mindset training. I um, I constantly remind myself that my uh, old programming, my subconscious, that was designed, that's set in place by the time I'm seven years old, is going to do whatever it needs to do to keep me where I'm at. My subconscious is not designed to want me to grow. My subconscious is here to keep me safe. And safe is protection. So in, in, in the mindset piece, I think that's the most critical to understand is that the middle-class mindset of protecting what you have brings you more of that middle-class. One day, somebody's going to come and take it away from you. You're always threatened. You have to protect the little that you built. But if you change that from protection into growth and say, I wonder how I can grow this. Now, suddenly you see how the whole energy flips open, right? It's just like a visual visual flip, right? Protecting growth. You open yourself so, energetically to the universe. You allow the universe to fill the void. And then next thing you know, you have things happen. Bingo. And so that to me is the biggest part about mindset is to say, Am I going to allow that rubber band that wants to snap me back into my old programming 
to do that? Or am I going to override that? And I'm going to be conscious about this. I'm going to give you one example that literally just happened yesterday. So I got engaged and we are moving together. Thank you. And we're moving in together. So it can happen to you. It can happen to anyone at any age. And, and I, um, you know, with my photography degree, I have equipment. And so after September 11th, I have not touched my camera since because it wiped out my production business. So I, you know, once you make money with photography, you kind of don't go back to that. So I've been hearing this voice, sell it, let it go. So I open it and I'm depressed and I'm anxious and I'm nervous. And I'm, I'm, I'm sitting with this for the whole weekend. And then finally last night, you know, as before I go to sleep, I say to Gary, but I'm not the same person anymore. And he goes, yeah, whatever, babe. And (laughs) what happened is that I recognized that my programming was sending me a stern warning as an eight-time disaster survivor. If I was going to let go, protecting what I have, my own house, my own money, not having to ask anybody for permission, being able to do whatever I want whenever I want that, that if I let that go, that another disaster is likely to happen. It's it's like a residual trauma kind of thing energetically that you go through. It, took I, me it makes right. sense though. It makes so much sense. I mean, a camera and a couple of lenses did that. So that's why I've been hearing that call, let it go, because that needed to be resolved. Because it's, you know, again, am I going to protect what I have right now that I can do whatever I want? Or am I going to grow in my relationship and in my life and being open and allowing to be loved and and feeling, you know, and, and filling it with something else. And I think that's the part about mindset to go back to your question. When you don't do the mindset work, all these things are missed and all the opportunities that come from it are missed. That's so powerful. It's true. It's like you need the mindset for the foundation of a building, basically. Without that, you don't, you're not going to amount to do much with what you want to do with your aims and goals. You brought up an interesting word, one of my favorites, love. What's your what's your take on love and your in your strategies and paradigms and, and not saying in terms of not the work environment per se, but the human relationship side of it, helping with universe unification in the work environment. Do you incorporate methodologies of that kind of idea to help people express how they feel and, and respect one another? When I say love, I use it interchangeably with mutual respect and and greater gratitude and appreciation, those kind of things. Yeah, for me, it's interesting that you say that because I'm a certified Myers-Briggs practitioner and I did Myers-Briggs personality assessment um, to really recognize that there are different personality types. I mean, at one point in our lives, we arrive and we go like, there are people who are different than we are. And you can't run through, the, through life and only want to be around people that are just like you. So what makes other people that are achieving great things so special? So I, I wanted to, to know that. And I learned not just about myself, but I also learned about the richness other people are bringing to the table. So when I do my workplace unification piece, I see this all the time that companies are putting people who like systems, processes, logic, competition, and winning in charge because they're the clearest, most outspoken, they can articulate the idea. 
And who do they put on the front line to do the hard work? All the empath empathetic people, you know, that do the restaurant work, the hospitality work, that uh, are in healthcare. These are all, yeah. These are all people that need to have a very, very different skill set. And guess what? They suck at systems. <laughs> they suck at processes. They can follow what they need to do, a process and a procedure, right? But what's their real skill set? Their real skill set is to connect with other people. So when we look at this workplace unification piece again, so we have people that are in charge of one thing, but the real work, where the, 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 the level, the actual work is done on the ground floor, there's always such a disconnect in between because they don't understand these people. And these people don't understand these people because if I'm taking someone, if I'm taking care of somebody who has cancer and I'm going to make sure as they're like in that treatment room, vomiting their brains out that they're, you know, just somehow make it through this treatment and survive long enough to get better. Right. It just glue and fold and prop them together so they can make it. That's a very different skill set than the CFO of the organization that says, are we running a profit mm. in our hospital? I mean, it couldn't be, it couldn't be energetically further apart. It's so, Pluto and the sun, right? I mean, you're talking major distance on some aspects of that, the way you so described do, it too. So how do we bring that together? And so love comes in, in, in my work where I really want to get that point across that there is a different service agreement on a different level. And I, I have a client and, you know, and one of the executives walked out of the strategy meeting because he didn't want to hear it. And I mean, and, and, and I have no idea where this is going because I, I was sitting there and, and, and I'm like trying to make that point. It's like, look at what's happening on the front line. Your job is to support the people on the front line, not to make sure that you are happy with the processes that you created. They, exactly. need to, they need to work for the people on the ground floor because they are the ones in the field that actually do the work that you write the grants for. And so I have no idea how this is going to go, but that's a huge issue that I think when we, when we really combine these two things and bring them together in the infinity sign to say, What's my part so I can make this happen? The leadership needs to be retrained, right? And, and the frontline people who are empathetic and do all the, they've got to be brought together. You got to do team building exercises with them. It sounds like if you do some ropes courses or if you can, whatever it is that your expertise or, or your recommendations, but it sounds like there needs to be greater unification in the workplace. Now I understand right. what you, you bridge those gaps and you try to make recommendations to help people get on the same page yeah. better with each other. That's great. You fine tune and upgrade the company with your clients or the people you work with through your intuitive abilities. I if love they, if they, if they, if they if let they, you. If they let me. If they let you. <laughs> <laughs> the guy that walked out of that meeting, he's doing himself a oh great disservice. It's I like, if he could listen to this podcast, he might want to get you back in there. <laughs> I mean, you know, in all fairness, I mean, we don't know what went on and what, what happened to him. And for all I know, you know, something could have happened that I'm completely unaware of, obviously, but, but 
stuff like this pains me so much because the solutions are so easy. There's so common sense. It's common sense, right? I mean, look, how about this one? How about if women had more electability where they're able to run governments and, and negotiate with each other? I don't, I think a lot of our international conflict would get resolved. And I don't feel out of line saying that. If you look at women, when women run things, you, you know, you don't have the stupid stuff that we see right now. I think that we need more of that je ne sais quoi involved because it's, it's, yeah, you know, it's part of adulting the world, right? Right. But that, but, but you assume that um, we can teach people that what's perceived as leadership, which a lot of times is physical strength. And I get a lot of that on my YouTube channel <laughs> because I get, trolled by a lot of uh, feminist haters because you know I don't know if you know this but it's all my fault um, because I have poisoned all the good young women to want uh, to, to want to make their own decisions and therefore I am the enemy and because I'm aging really poorly and probably nobody touched me what? in years and I have a whole bunch of cats running around wow um, I am to blame for the inequality and the poor men that have been so horribly mistreated by the system. You got haters. When you're doing something beautiful, moths <laughs> also come to the light. You got to take that hater aid and tell them to just, you know, that you, it's like pray for them. It's like, I don't mean to sound so cliche, but when people hate on you, like it, it's, look, I'm doing something that I know I'm, I'm passionate about. And like, I'm talking about you. You're doing something you're passionate about. You're helping, you're, you're, you're coming up with all these amazing things. And anyone who wants to troll you, good luck. If that's your if that's your ability to feel powerful in this world, you're at a low vibration. You're like a moth to the light. I but mean, there's, they're, 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 damaging, I understand. I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot of that out there. And that's why I always say is that you have two choices. You're going to have somebody write the story for you. Oh, you're going to start writing your own story. Which one is it going to be? You know, an interesting paradigm thing that I'm looking at too, being a female and an entrepreneurial female who's also intuitive and a thought leader. When you switch all those roles, which of those roles did you have you enjoyed the most and why? I always love being a woman. I love being a woman. I really do. Um, and I, I like it when people underestimate me because they never see it coming. And um, I'm I'm pretty smart. Great. And a lot of people <laughs> <Let's> <laughs> say, yeah. and, and and a lot of people don't get that because they're so caught up in their story and judgments. And so I never really worried about that part so much but what role do i like i like being smart i really do and i i constantly learn and i like being a woman because i i feel i can get a lot done and my you know when you're an intuitive like 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 we are you don't get attached to any one thing because as the information comes in right as the information is downloaded, it it happens in real time. So you don't walk in with a preconceived idea. You may have a a direction, but you don't you don't know until the, you get the download. I, I just and got then a, you, yeah. I'm sorry. Good. Go 
I just had a premonition. You got to download. I got to download as we're talking downloads. I feel like you're going to testify or do something in front of a governmental body about the information you're coming up with. And it, it may have some strong influence in either state government, local government, or federal. But I feel like you'll be in a panel, some type of testimony. That's what I got. I saw you talking to me. As you're talking to me, sometimes I get visions. I know it sounds like, what? But I literally saw you in a, a, a certain boardroom, but like it looked like it was congressional, but it looked like it could also be a state legislature. You might get involved in something that you'll testify at in, gar in regards to the different ideas and suggestions that you're coming up with right now, strategies. Don't be surprised. <laughs> now I won't be because I'm not. I can, uh, all, all I'm going to do is I'm going to go, Jason, uh, Jason, Jason. I just think you have more of an impact than you realize and that you're having more of an impact with the new stuff you're doing than you realize coming, coming up. It's impossible to see it when you're in it. Uh, sure, because you're in the middle of it. It's like being because in the middle because I'm in the because I'm I'm stitching it together. Somebody says it's like jumping out of an airplane with a parachute that That's you have amazing. to sew while <laughs> you're falling. So part of my gift is seeing the big pictures, taking a step back and seeing where it's going. I can see that you're you're going to create and as as we call you the growth architect. Like <laughs> I think that's an understatement. I think what you're creating is not just being an architect. I think you're going to be a facilitator. And I think you're going to be a paradigm shifter. So those are powerful abilities. I mean, when you think about being able to change the paradigms of our society or change the paradigms of the workplace and how processes are, uh, you know, approached and, and conceptualized, that's why I see your gift as. I see that being amazing for you going forward. I'm excited to hear about it and see it. Thank you. So, we're already running low on time. I can't believe that, but it goes back. It's ridiculous. How it's like, what? Did, didn't we just talk for five minutes? It's almost an hour later, but we're, we're still good on some time. But I, I do want to ask you, in, in reference to your information, share with our audience where they could reach out to you. Yes. So for anyone in your audience, Jason, who is a business owner, uh, the best and fastest way for you to take a look at some of the business stuff that I do is go to airtightavatar.com and do the um, masterclass on how to find really good clients. That's part of my system. I give that away for free. That teaches you how to identify who your ideal target client is. For anyone who's heard something and they want to shoot me a note, um, just email me. Um, it's bc at beatashalette.com. Um, I actually get my own email and I answer my own emails. I always love hearing from the audience. I always like hearing what what the takeaway is or if there was anything that transpired because um, that's what we live by. That's, I think, you know, I probably talk for you as well when you hear that somebody exactly. says, there's something that you said and it and it just resonated with me. And then I did this and boom, suddenly something changes. That's when I, when I wrestled with on whether or not I was going to take this ministry on to do this other thing. After I sold my business, I said to God, the caveat is I need a thank you note every single day from someone somewhere in the world uh, that's heard or seen something. So I know I'm on the right track. And then that kind of stopped a little bit. And now it's picking back up. So I'm getting a lot more feedback. So I just want to make sure I put this out there. So send the feedback so I know I'm on the right track here. And um, you can always uh, go to my website at beatschelet.com and click the contact form and, uh, and, and contact me if you have a question or speaking engagement or um, just want to share something. Always happy to be here and help as many people as I can. That's beautiful. I love that you share 
your 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 points and your pointer, you know, your your advice. It's 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 refreshing to have that shared on the show for our, I, I feel like that's a gift to the audience. That's gonna I keep giving, so. in my yeah. opinion. Because the insight you're sharing here, just through your personal example and and, and what you've overcome, the resiliency, the purpose, the larger picture things that are going to about to come into fruition for you. That's coming into focus. 2022 is a pivotal year for you, by the way. Now you're going to be busier, but you're going to have so many consequential things. Do you have any dates for me? <laughs> I feel like that when you, when you just asked that I got April, April, 2022 is a good month for you. So buckle okay. up. <laughs> it's going to, it's going to be a good time coming up. It's about a year from now, but it, you know, it, it, it should be good. Cause as you just asked that, that's what I got. But, um, and don't, and don't be surprised if you're not putting out more books. Cause I can see more books coming your way as well. I think so too. At I think that my, my, my role is going to shift dramatically into educating and, uh, and more facilitation. And I, uh, it's so interesting that you say facilitation because literally before I went on your show, I just gave the order to add the facilitation page to my website. Like literally like 10 minutes before. That's why it jumps off your energy. It's, it's the recency thing. It happens every time. That kind of stuff is, it's, 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 we all have different forms of intuition. I believe personally, when I, when I, I, I had the benefit of meeting a couple of professional athletes in my life, a couple, but I see that they have a certain intuition. I, I believe this. I think that anyone who excels in a certain way to stand out has to have a level of intuition to get them. there. And one of the things I've noticed with the different interviews of the people that come on, notable individuals or whoever, authors, everybody has a certain level of intuition that they don't always acknowledge with the public, but I can see it. I sense it. Like, the, you know, I see it in you and I, I just, I appreciate it because it, it really makes you realize we all have our purpose and we all have a special mission that we're, we're fulfilling. It's like our soul contract. We, we went through some very horrendous early experiences in life to go to where we're going now, but we have that insight from everything we've been through. So when someone, and you go ahead. Soul, con- soul contract, Jason, that's the key. That's the key because the second step doesn't show up until you've taken the first step. And the first step is the soul contract trust. It's the, it's the way you say, I'm here for something bigger. And everybody tells you you're insane, <laughs> that, that you need to stay in your lane. And you're like, no, I know it. And that's the intuition I think you're talking about is that somebody says, I know I'm here for something different. And they take that first step and suddenly the path appears. Yes. And that, that, that is the differentiation factor between who is going to accept that we came here to be brilliant. Because the chances of you even making it to this planet are so minuscule. Exactly. That if you're, if you're wasting your time away, you're not helping anyone. We're all stardust, right? We're made yeah. of stardust. We are the universe. The universe is in us and we are the universe. And I feel like... If we think of that every day, you wake up and you think, I'm stardust. I'm part of this universe. You're not going to have a boring moment, right? No. You're always going to have appreciation and, and a certain renewed vigor in your life and your step and everything you go through is going to be appreciated. Like for me, I, I when you were describing like when people suffer from cancer, I had a client on my on, on phone call earlier. I, I have a, my, my law stuff and I had uh, elderly clients who, you know, they're being taken care of by their child and the empathy of me, you know, between our interview, I had another interview earlier, but I had a call I took as a lawyer and I just, my heart went out to this nurse who's taking care of her, of her aunt and her mother, are both elderly and, and one's dementia and one's got a broken hip. And I'm just thinking to myself, oh my God, there's so much that she's going through right now. I told her I'm praying for you right now. 
I want you to know that. I, I, and we talked and it was, we talked shop of what I had to call her about. And then we talked about this other stuff. And it was just, it, it made me appreciate like that I could talk to her and give her a little pep talk for a few minutes and make her feel like, you know what, you're not in this alone. You're a nurse and you're taking care of your elderly mother and aunt who are both very you know difficult to deal with, but you're doing an amazing job. And everything you do in your life on a daily basis as a caregiver is appreciated. Yes. And that's powerful, right? Like when you can do that and share that and that's, but that's our individual experiences in life. Your amazing experiences for empowering women. And, and you know what? Feminism is not a bad word. Feminism is called evolution to me because equality of the gender is where we need to be. You know, for a true democracy, we all have to be equal. <laughs> we have to have equal pay. We have to have equal work. We have to have equal time. And our businesses need to recognize the values of both male and female and, and the different, 100%. you know, all that stuff. But anyway, I want to thank you for coming on to the show. I'm going to ask you one last question. If you were a spirit animal, which animal would you be and why? A dragon. I love that. Game of Thrones dragon or what type of dragon? No, I mean, it got to be a little bit of a cuter dragon, you know, definitely fire spying though. <laughs> Dragons are all powerful. I mean, think about it. That's great. I love that. I just want to thank Beata Shalet for coming on the show today and sharing her amazing story with us. One of the things you can take from this interview is that no matter what you're given, no matter what disaster you might deal with in your life, a personal disaster or one of mother nature or, or just one unexpected where you, you lose a lot, keep in mind that when you lose something, there's always something to gain. And that the gain can sometimes lead you in a direction you would never realize. And that's what I feel is our growth architect and uh, special guest and the founder of the Women's Code today is, is, is really taking something that's challenging, owning it, and then redefining it. So check out Beate Shillette's book. Check out her website. You can activate yourself with airtightavatar.com. I will say that... Reach out to our guest because she values direct input and feedback. And that's bc at beatechalette.com. I am so appreciative of having our guest on today. And I just want to thank everyone in our audience for listening to this episode. One of the things you can get from each of these interviews is a unique tidbit of advice about how to live life, how to approach adversity, and to just be resilient. If you look at the general theme of most of our interviews, you'll see the resiliency come through the spirit of our guests and the amazing things that they overcome, be it workplace unification, a unique idea for a new concept for a business or any other idea, whatever there is, respect what's presented to you, appreciate it and make it your own. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode and thank you for supporting our show. If anyone would like to get in touch with me, you could always email me at info at the letter D, socialpsychicradio.com. Stay positive because when you're positive, Thank you possible. for listening to this episode of the Social Psychic Radio Show. Don't forget to join us for another episode next time. If you enjoyed the show, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give us a review on iTunes. You can also check us out on Facebook and don't forget to visit the Social Psychic YouTube channel. Until next time, it's a big world out there. Keep an open mind, embrace your paradigms, and know that the universe is always yours to explore. At Baker's, no matter where you order free pickup, you get the same great deals as you'd get in store. So you can save when you order during band practice. 
or at the dog park or wherever. Start your cart with the Baker's app and save from wherever today. Baker's, fresh for everyone. $35 order minimum restrictions may apply. Subject to availability. Get more ways to save at the buy five or more, save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Electric acid. Welcome to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing, where we harmonise your mind, body and soul. I'm Amanda, your sound therapy expert. And I'm Stephen, the curious explorer uncovering the mysteries of sound. Together we explore vibrations, frequencies and the power of sound therapy and tuning forks. Discover ancient wisdom, reduce stress and tune into a healthier life. Subscribe to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing today. Ever thought about starting your own podcast? Do you have a business or a message you want to share with the world? Well, now it's easier than ever with Electricast. Hi, I'm Mark Netter. And I'm Peter Ravelson. We're the founders of Electricast Media. Whether you want to start a new podcast or already have one, join Electricast to grow your audience, monetize your content, and build your community. With our simple sign-up, you get free promotion, world-class analytics, premium ads, and personal support. Go to Electricast.com and join our community today. Electricast. Transform your influence. Electric acid. Electric acid. 